Spice people. Welcome back to the podcast and to our radio show here at Bobo 89.1 FM. I'm Bella Rooney, your host, and today we are starting off season three with a new series called Nature Positive, sponsored by Sustainable K-Man. So each month we're going to be talking to a new guest on a different subject relating to a move towards nature positivity in the various many ways that that could be. Our first topic is finance, and I'm joined here today with Mr. Winston Connolly, an ESG lawyer and a former politician. Good morning. Morning, Bella. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. We're really, really, really happy to have you. And thank you from Stample Key Mad for joining us today, too. So, you're managing partner at Chancery ESG Limited, and like I said, a former member of parliament. That's very interesting. So for anyone who might not know, ESG stands for Environment, Social, and Corporate Governance. Um, we'll come back to that in a bit later because I'm not even sure what that means. Um, but you also have a background in various other and insanely impressive things. So why don't we start by getting to them you a little bit better. Tell us about yourself. How did you find yourself as an ESG? Exactly. An interesting journey, including the, the um, pivot into politics and back. No kidding. So I'm a funds lawyer by training. And uh, I also act as a director on hedge funds, private equity funds, uh, a bit now of crypto funds. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then, yeah, I did a segue back in 2013 uh, when I wanted to go out and save the world. Yeah, as you do. I was a politician for four years. And then I went back into the financial services. And, you know, the ESG component uh, is actually, actually a pretty natural transition into, especially the themes that I pushed in um, government. Uh, you know, I was the um, independent member that brought the national energy policy for the Cayman Islands, and that pushed through. And then I also, the um, environmental aspect was, I was very pro, you know, dealing with our unlined landfill and all the, you know, health, uh, uh, you know, just economic, um, just in- enjoyment of our environment uh, aspects of come from not dealing with that. Yes, a lot. And, you know, and so, you know, I, I left politics mostly for family reasons, just because I, I wasn't seeing my family anymore and, you know, other things. And, you know, the question I asked myself at the time was, how can I be as helpful outside of politics as I can be inside? Mm-hmm. And so when I came out of politics and had to kind of reinvent myself because Jobs were scarce, and, and I had been very vocal in, in, <laughs> in government. So I, I, I set up on my own, and I said, you know, let me do things that are kind of win-win-win uh, scenarios where I can do something I'm passionate about, hopefully make uh, money while I'm doing it to support my family, but then look at Cayman as not just the four-year plate. And, you know, I, unfortunately, I think a lot of politicians look at um, you know, the chinks of four years, you know, right. that's the term, uh, and just look long-term and, you know, what are we seeing to everyone around us? What are we saying to our kids and the people coming behind us? And what do we want to leave for them? And how do we want to see this? Like things, exactly. So things like sustainable development, um, recycling, renewable energy, all those things, um, and, and coming in line with best practices around the world, right? And, you know, it's, it's funny when you have some of these conversations, people say, oh, we're too small, like, you know, nothing we do can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we're on the front line of any of this, you know, okay. global warming with sea rise, you know, just everything. And we have to be seen to be doing our part, even if that part in the big scheme of things might seem like a drop in the bucket yeah. because if we don't do it, if we don't start, you know, concentrating on doing that, then again, you know, where are we, what are we seeing to the rest of the world? Exactly. Oh my God, I got goosebumps. <laughs> I totally got goosebumps. That's exactly right. I mean, we're, we're Cayman, it may be small, but we have such a big wave that we could make if we decide to put ourselves at the front. So many different things. I mean, honestly, so many different things. We could talk for hours on just that. But let's start a little bit. Let's start getting into some of these questions. So I guess the first question we have is, what do you think about the monetary valuation of ecosystem services in the context of Cayman? So that's a little bit of a mumble jumble of words there. So kind of to break that down, I guess the question is, 
the way in which we put price on the services that our ecosystems provide us. So that could be a tree creating oxygen or a leaf photosynthesizing and then, you know, giving us beautiful, nice stuff that we put on our skin, right? Like, like just any way that, what do we, how, how do you feel about us paying a price on those services? Well, I, I think we could be doing a lot more. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, for years we've concentrated on, you know, GDP and what, what, what brings in the money, what keeps the economy play. And, you know, we, we've done the kind of path uh, to least resistance where Cayman has been set up um, as an offshore uh, planning center. We've had, um, you know, great success doing what we've been doing for 40 years. And I think it's time to start looking at the things that we're not doing and the things that the world is doing. And, you know, we, we see examples of that all around us regionally where other players now are looking at ecotourism versus just, you know, cruise ship tourism. We're looking at things like setting up uh, carbon exchanges and um, really then focusing on ethical investments and, and, and attracting those persons because the people that invest in those types of funds also want to know where their money is being um, managed and, and, and controlled from. And there's that curiosity that comes with that. But also from a curiosity standpoint comes the, well, notoriety might not be the right word, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of interest. Mia Motley in, in Barbados when she gets up on the stage and says, you know, the, we need help and we need to aid our part, but we also need first world countries to recognize that they caused a lot of this. Accountability. Exactly. And, and what comes from that and that people salute you doing positive steps and how that affects your economy and, and, and that um, inward looking and, and also time, you know, from time to time, we need to look at how we, um, how we're operating and how we reinvent ourselves and what we want to be known for and known as. And, you know, there's so many opportunities because we are the Cayman Islands. So we can use the kind of, um, platform that we have by being one of those, you know, foremost financial centers of the world, mm -hmm. but use that now to diversify the economy. And that's also, I think, something from a future planning aspect is diversifying what we have. So right now we basically lean on financial services and tourism, right. but there's so many different, you know, aspects of each of those that mm -hmm. we could go down versus just the traditional avenues of mm -hmm. banking, accounting, legal. And again, you look at places like Singapore with their voluntary carbon exchanges and, mm -hmm. and what's happening there. You look at, you know, just um, around the Commonwealth and, and, you know, what the UK is saying and, and how they're willing to help with some of their, you know, the, the, their funds that they're, they're creating and, and just, you know, wanting to do the right thing on their part. And I think it's time to harness that and the momentum that's mm -hmm. really a kind of a worldwide movement right now. And, and really redefine ourselves for the next, you know, generations, uh, not just the next four years. No, it's, we have so many assets here in Cayman. It's a beautiful, beautiful, natural environment, really, that we still live in, even though so much of it is gone. We still have so much to save and to utilize that way, like you said, to start breaching out into new ways of preserving it, but also making, using it for our benefit. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I used to say this in politics and people would say it was just a political slogan. Mm -hmm. But the, you know, the Iroquois Indians say, you know, make plans for the next seven generations, right? And, Wonderly. you know, when, when you look at that and you see, uh, um, you know, smatterings of it now, um, the National Trust has set up their island offsets um, mm -hmm. committee, which I'm a part of. Okay. And, you know, it's really trying to do carbon offsetting. It's not as advanced as we'd love it to be. Uh, you know, I'm, I speak for that committee in, in total, but we rake in strides mm -hmm. to, together. And again, you know, if you couple the uh, carbon offsets with our natural uh, mangrove forests, mm -hmm. and you realize just how valuable oh, that those forests are, it came on for, from only if you only looked at it from hurricane buffering, that would be just that one aspect. Exactly, but there's so many other aspects. Um, you know, uh, you know, fisheries and um, and and just just. Again, uh, the carbon, the sequestration, uh, where you're, um, you know, you're offsetting that yeah. naturally, and then, you know, basically putting uh, a price point on that, right? Setting up the exchange. There are so many industries that need carbon offsets that would 
jump in line and eat it up the facility exactly in place and you know if we had a green exchange as part of our stock exchange and we, we set up our, our carbon offset um uh you know a product uh you know and and also provided um proper diligence right so you know one of those things again cottage industries that can grow out of these types of things are let's call them carbon rangers where they you know you go out and you ensure that nothing's happening to that um, offset area that you've certified, right? Yeah. And you're now paying someone yeah. and, and creating a job exactly. to ensure and, and report on that on a new basis. Exactly. And it's the gift that keeps giving, right? Yeah. Because as long as that's, um, you know, part of that uh, carbon offset, mm -hmm. then as to be at compatibility, we have to police it and ensure that it's not being deforested or, it, you know, you gave them a certificate and then the next day you put a, you know, a canal lot, you know, <laughs> you know, but, but things like that. And, and it's just look and tying those things together. We, we can, a, you know, raise our profile internationally, mm -hmm. but also create um, internally jobs that didn't exist two, five, ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. Months and and, and weren't even, you know, in those people that kind of form our financial services and our tourism department. That, that none of these concepts sort of ever just you know, been in their minds at that time. So that's why I said transition is good. But you know, there there are things that we can do to um facilitate that, right? And right. and you know, part of us is I think looking internally, right? But again, who do we want to be how do we want to grow this? You know, what what do we want it, you know, be known for? And, you know, I think some of that starts with the government in terms of, you know, enabling legislation, uh, regulations, also just things like a, a proper sustainable development plan. Yeah. And, you know, when we're looking at, you know, these mangrove habitats and, and you know, when a developer comes along and you say, well, you know what? We can't just bulldoze everything, fill it with moral and create the next, um, you know, canal community. But, you know, let's look at and go tourism model or our sustainable building for even for residential. Exactly. Ways to grow. And there's so many best practice yeah. examples, you know, out there. And, and, you know, some of the things that they don't have to be sexy topics. <laughs> um, you know, we, we can do a lot internally that um, create again value create jobs, but also um, help uh, enable the protection of the environment. Mm -hmm. and, and again, you get a win-win situation. Exactly. Well, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot there to talk about. There's a lot there. So uh, in terms of our financing, in terms of us having always been, you know, really focused on our tourism and our finance, the sectors here, how do you think offshore banking and sending money here to help you know, are, are sending money here, do you think that helps or hinders our environmental management? Well, again, you know, if you look at the different components and again, what's kind of happening worldwide, there's, there's a worldwide movement now about ethical investment and, and, and looking at greener, um, more sustainable investments. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that when you see, especially in, in the first world countries now and, and, and all the places that our uh, mid investment managers already sit in. Right? There's a big push to do um, ethical investments, uh, sustainable investments, greener investments. So we all we have to do is basically facilitate um, that movement of money, that mind and management here, and you know, and create that ecosystem, um, for lack of better words, um, for them to operate from here. Right? I I give you an example of what I mean in that you have um Kinan is just one component of a lot of these structures. So you have um for example in a typical hedge fund, uh you have an investment manager sitting in London, Hong Kong, uh New York. Uh their Kiman component uh here is a vehicle where other people can invest in. Um and usually it's outside of that jurisdiction. So you have a what they call an onshore uh, fund and an offshore fund. Right. Onshore fund is for everyone in that investment manager's um, a country. Mm -hmm. The offshore fund, which is usually acidic and Cayman, mm -hmm. is for investors all around the world. And more and more investors now are becoming discerning about where they put their money. Um, again, is it, uh, are, are the underlying assets ethical, sustainable, et cetera? And, uh, 
the Kiman has a really good um, opportunity, I think, from a reporting standpoint, um, to say, look, our portion of this fund structure um, is 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 focusing on those types of investments, and and you know, it's um, so I think it's a tweaking of the model that we already have from a financial services standpoint, um, and just the focus because, again. The, the Commonwealth um, Parliamentary Association mm-hmm. provides a lot of these blueprints for our local legislators. It's just mm-hmm. tapping into that. They're also, you know, introducing you to NGOs, mm-hmm. UNEP. Um, so the the, the the catalyst and the, and the networks there is just what, again, goes back to that question. Who do we want to see ourselves at and who, who do we want to be? And if you set up that um, reporting mechanism that, uh, I guess, for lack of better words, completes the circle. Because right now with those um, the structures kind of being, you know, onshore, offshore, et cetera, our offshore needs to mimic what's going on onshore. And it can't be the Achilles heel in the structure where you park or everything that you want to greenwash. Right? It's, yeah. It has to be, right. um, you know, a complete circle. And, and that takes some uh, legislation, that takes some um, uh, education, and that then, um, you know, to tweak that model. But again, it can easily be done with a few tweaks and not a lot of headache because, again, you know, when you're making these decisions, people say, well, if we mess, you know, with the goose that lays the golden egg, they would destroy it and, and that. But I, I don't think, I think we transform it and we um, evolve from where we are and that evolution takes into consideration all the things that we're talking about and not only because we should be doing it for the right thing. We, we should be doing it because if we don't do it, other people will eat our lunch, i.e. the other jurisdictions around us and yeah. have already seen Bahamas, Barbados, yeah. et cetera, making moves. Yeah. And we don't want to be those guys that didn't um, transition, you know, the, 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 the forced car to the railroad, the railroad to the, um, the automobile, et cetera. You know, those, those types of things. You, you have to evolve uh, if you want to be... Um, relevant in, in the, the next generation. Exactly, because it doesn't have to hinder environmental management if they're investing for the reason that we have environmental management, right? If that we make that our, our driving force. So my next question would be, is reform of the monetary system necessary to mitigate climate change? I mean, climate change and necessary to mitigate, I guess, also all of the other environmental issues we have. Um, and just kind of your thoughts on degrowth, maybe, as that. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the degrowth because, I mean, basically that is kind of looking at shrinking rather than growing the economies. Right. And, you know, I again, I think that we, we've gone, like I said, the, the path of least resistance. Yeah. What, what do people want? Let's just recreate what they want here. And as long as we're serviceable, uh, we will get that inward investment and that will keep the economy clicking and growing, et cetera. What I think we haven't done, and, and, and this is generations, um, uh, we, we've been on the, I guess, the proverbial back foot. We, we, we have, um, we've reacted versus being proactive, yeah. right? And I think, you know, with the uh, monetary system, with how we have operated, it would need a bit of tweaking mm-hmm. to get to that um, stage where we're looking at the mitigation of, of climate change, et cetera. The good thing about that is we don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? Because all the resources are out there, all the help is out there. You know, I I, I attend um, the Caribbean Renewable Energy Forum every year. And, you know, the, the, the UNDP's there, the World Bank's there, the Caribbean um, Development Bank's, all these um, banks that are setting up funds and, and looking for um, countries that subscribe to this and, and lending money for, you know, things like um, infrastructure improvements and, and sustainable development. All those resources are there. And, you know, I, but we, I won't say we've grown lazy, but we've just been in a very fortunate situation that, it, you know, what we have isn't quite broken yet. So we haven't had to address our minds to it. And, you know, and, you know, I think that as leaders, as young Caymanians or residents here, as um, just, you know, uh, people that 
want to operate from this environment and this economy. We can all be uh, put on our Stuart's hat and and do a lot more than than we're doing. But you know, I think that the government actually, uh, I I'll have to say, and I try to stay out of politics since I'm an ex-politician. But you know, for the first time, we have a Ministry of Sustainability, right? And what I'd like to see from that Ministry of Sustainability, though, is more of a direction and saying that, you know, this is our time. We're here for four years. This is what we're going to do for the next generation. And this is how we're going to accomplish that. And I think those overtures would also say a lot to the wider world. And also from that investment kind of management pool and the people that use us, the lawyers, the investment managers, all those people would look to what our messaging is mm-hmm. and we can make, you know, positive steps. I mean, I've, I've had, you know, um, even just in my tea job with uh, Chancery ESG, you know, clients that want to do smart islands and, and want to do, um, uh, you know, uh, renewable energy. They want to come in and, you know, really uh, help us uh, revolutionize what we're doing, ecotourism resorts, all these things. And, and you know, at, we, we need to at least entertain some of them because the other bit that I think, and this is just my personal mm-hmm. observation, Cayman's grown by, um, you know, this method of a, direct, a developer will comes in and they say, I want to develop there. Mm-hmm. I want you to give me a lot of um, uh, breaks to, to, to develop because I'm going to create jobs and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And it's been very developer-led and, and, and again, reactionary on our part. And we go, okay, you want to do that. Um, this is how much it's going to inject in the, into our economy, or at least that's what you say you're going to inject in our economy. We'll give you this offset in terms of stamp duties and import duties and all this stuff so you can create that. But it, I think that's very short-sighted because creating jobs, yes, but don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's really important, again, you know, to keep the economy, you know, turning over. But it also then creates a large strain on the environment. It also creates a lot of, um, I guess, um, congestion because everyone wants to develop where the, the, the biggest bang for their buck is. Right. And it happens to be Seven Mile Beach or in that corridor. Yeah. And, and we, we, we totally <clears throat> forget to look at the other sides of the island. And, yeah. and again, we had a sustainable development uh, plan and that we followed. And I always see, and, and I've kind of, uh, even from ideas in politics, it was, you know, why don't we create a red, uh, yellow, and green system? And by that, and, and vis-a-vis that uh, sustainable development plan. And, and it was red, we're never touching. That's, and again, mangrove forests in, in certain areas. This is, you know, we're going to put this in trust for seven generations. We're not going to touch it. Um, you know, um, yellow, yeah, uh, there are some areas that we realize that we need to grow. And it's then, you know, because of how small the island is and, and what it is, um, you know, that it's it made a border on environmentally sensitive, but we need to just go do a slow go there. And we need to come up with proper um, environmentally sensitive uh, developers and sustainable development. So, you know, that, that ecotourism model that we spoke about. So you can present something, but it has to fit all these uh, certain aspects and then we'll consider it. So unless you're a yellow armor. And then your green is, yep, we can develop on this hall every day, any day, uh, because we want that because it's an area that's underdeveloped. And we want to create, again, jobs in that um, sector of the island. And we want to have, you know, less traffic, you know, but your your normal plan of a growth plan right <laughs> but i think those other two components are, are really critical because we again we're defining for the first time what we want to see in our economy and then you know going back to the degrowth again you know just just growing an economy for growing sake and and that it, it can't do that in isolation anymore no because a it, the land that we have is too critical mm-hmm. too small Right, and we just have to maximize the use of it, and then realize that there are going to be people out behind us yeah. that need, you know, services, and then just just things also like I mean, again, 
these are the small things, um, Bella, that, you know, I, get, I, I don't think people look at is, you know, if we're developing at a, such a, a, a fast pace, right? um, you know, how are the people that aren't making the million is going to afford to live here? Just and how are we, you know, preserving, uh, you know, sustainable uh, land and affordable land for them? And again, some of that is uh, uh, going back to that sustainable development mm-hmm. land looking at maybe degrowth in, in, in certain areas because we, we, we just don't want to overstimulate um, the entire um, economy because th- there are other ramifications for just doing that, right? And, you know, and so I think that holistically we have to look at this and we have to look at it, um, you know, over a long period of time and not just let's just grow the economy because the money is there Let's just, you know, allow people to come in and just do whatever they say they want, develop where they want. It's time for us to take a step back and redefine who we are as countries. And plan for a future that can actually happen in a healthy way, right? Absolutely. Right now, we're just, we're just running. Especially with those environmental issues. Exactly. But that's where the ESG comes in, right? Because, well, yeah. you know, you can't cherry pick the E, the S, or the G. And I, I see that in my practice, right? Yes, because you're on the, you're looking at it every day. So, I guess that really kind of brings us into the next one of what do you think the future of finance looks like for Cayman? I mean, I used to mention working cryptocurrency um, and energy use and environmental damage and all these things. What do you think it looks like for Cayman? Let's just look at mining and um, in cryptocurrency, yeah. the energy that that takes and 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 the potential damage mm-hmm. that that does. And you know, again, I'm not saying not to because again it, it that is the way of the future uh, it's, it's here now the, the blockchain you know maybe not the focus so much on the cryptocurrency but the blockchain um, aspects i think are revolutionary and 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 will be here from time to come mm-hmm. but it's how we again manage that and a lot of this comes back to that um governance issue yes. and the yes and right and it's at the, the end you know what do we want do we want that um cryptocurrency here because some of the um you know special economic zone in Cayman, a, a lot of the blockchain the cryptocurrency um uh, you know the players are in that so yeah that's great again for the economy we have people coming here butts and seats they're contributing etc but again how do we manage that and how do we kind of um look at offsetting some of the potential train on, on the economy and, and, and the environment and that sort of thing that comes into play. And so, you know, um, but it goes back to, yeah, the future of finance isn't going to be our father's finance. It's going to have to be now redefined. And again, we best practices out there. Other people are dealing with this and, and, you know, we don't have to deal with this in a vacuum, right? But in isolation. And so, you know, when I look at uh, us as, you know, about well, depending on who's, who says it, are we in the fifth largest financial, you know, economy, et cetera, right? Whatever the number is, um, you know, looking and adopting best practice and, and with a forward-looking view is how we kind of kick these things on and not just kind of um, lose that color balance. Because I think that's also what we need to be looking at is, how do we color anything that could be damaging, right? And how do we mitigate that in a sustainable way, again, so that we can adapt and make these changes and push us into, you know, the the next kind of um, century and, 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 and what's happening. But at the same time, really being conscious of how, how that affects everything around us. And, and by environment, I'm not just talking about, you know, greenery, mangroves, I'm talking about just in, uh, the, 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 the entire kind of um, ecosystem, economic system, just how we live and operate on this island for years and years and years to come. Exactly. And that's normal with any growth, right? That changing and adapting, that's normal for life. That's what life has done for hundreds of billions of thousands of years, right? So. I guess in terms of having to get us there, cross that bridge to having these environmental, you know, having focusing more on taking care of our environment this way, 
does Cayman have an environmental funding? Do we have environmental funding? How can Cayman access environmental funding? We are considered a SID by the United Nations, even though we are vulnerable, completely vulnerable. We're not considered a, a SID, which is a, a developing state, an island developing nation, essentially. Right? So where can we go to access this environmental funding we clearly need? Yeah. Well, again, I think traditionally we have been our own percent because we, we've said we're the Cayman Islands. We don't need funding. That's what, you know, poorer countries do, et cetera. And I think that, you know, that mentality needs to go away very quickly. And we need to look at this as this isn't us asking for charity. This isn't us tapping into something because we can't do it. I mean, notwithstanding that, we have our own environmental fund. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, it's and again, it goes back to that governance issue. How managing that environmental? That's the next question I have for you. Exactly, because in 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 the past, we've tapped into it mm-hmm. when we run short of money in different areas. Oh God. Uh, uh, and and that in itself goes back to that again, like I said, that covenants issue. It's some things should be left alone to grow, et cetera, because you know, again in Cayman, you know, let's let's liken it to an oil producing country where they have a sovereign uh, wealth fund and they grow that wealth fund and they give it back to the the residents in terms of um, things like infrastructure and schools and health and you know, all the amenities that uh, add to the enjoyment of life and, and you know, human rights, et cetera. And so I, I've always thought that we should look at that yeah, environmental fund as our sovereign fund, right? Yeah. And there are also opportunities, again, people are afraid to treat that model because, you know, when you look at the amount of um, transactions that come through KMAT, mm-hmm. if we were taking a small percentage off of all these transactions of putting them into our environmental fund mm-hmm. and also, you know, uh, ensuring that the, the, the people that we're siphoning that money off from know that it's going to be governed yeah. in a proper way. So when it's meant to use it. Keep the Cayman Islands thriving and growing so that their livelihood that they've invested in Cayman mm-hmm. to keep uh, thriving right. It, it's an easy conversation. But what people don't want is if someone can come in and mismanage that money about and then all of a sudden it becomes, well, is this just a cash grab? Are you, you know, practicing what you're preaching, et cetera, et cetera. So again, going back to that, um, that governance of, of things like that, I think that would be a powerful message if, if we really identify these things, come up with the carbon offsets, mm-hmm. all these other things that feed in mm-hmm. to this where we'd be saying we're going to preserve mangroves based on, you know, the carbon offsets. We're going to look at adding, you know, looking at things like seagrass, because we don't even mention that, but we, it's you know, huge. yeah, the, the whole blue carbon, um, carbon sequestration is, is a bit, and we have all the components here. Potential insane. Um, just, we, it just goes over our head or, and the people that are making the decisions. And, you know, it's, um, I think if we looked at things like that, our own environmental fund first, yes. look at the, you know, the value of that and, and what it could be if properly managed and, and, and again, in, in it, from a governance perspective. But then look at but what our, uh, you know, neighbors in, in, in the region are doing and what they're tapping into. Um, you know, again, I use Barbados just because I, I knew it a, a, a bit and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I uh, had the honor of being, you know, Mia Motley, used them to her and, 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 and just how her, what her approach is. But what she's been able to do is attract all of this funding because of the positive moves that she's making through the, the uh, financial regulations and, and, and laws in her country, how she's opening the doors and saying, if we get this money, we'll be good stewards and we're going to be doing things like, you know, um, Green, green, uh, greening our, our bus system. It's all, um, you know, uh, renewable. It's all um, electric. You know, all like so. They they've been matching, and they've been, this is what they're really good at. Is they just had, it, I think, November a kind of expose in fighting all those, you know, UNDP, um, all all these NGOs from everywhere. All of these um, kind of environmental funds saying, look, come on in. Um, Blackfoot words lift up. We'll lift up our skirts. We'll show you exactly what we're, um, you know, intending to do 
with this money and how yeah. we want to grow our economy. But it's by starting by them having a plan and then yeah. having something that they say, you know, here's what we want to do. Here's how you're going to hold us accountable mm-hmm. off with your grant money, et cetera. But that money is coming in and it's stuck. And it started two years ago when she mm-hmm. went up and did her first um, speech of COP. And then, you know, it's continued this year. And her messaging also is consistent yeah. and not only just seeing it. Now they're actually doing it and they have the projects that they, 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 um, they take this money in and, and they write. And pretty soon they're really left behind mm-hmm. because the moves that I've seen them make in two years and their, their national um, energy policy uh, came years after ours mm-hmm. and they're all already eight years ahead of us. And again, it, it's, it's that focus on let's not just create a, a, a document that sounds good on paper and, and, and there's this less. Let's do something. Let's show the world that we're willing to do it. Let's roll up our sleeves and meet them halfway. And then let's show them the tangible results of that might. And because, again, as people that are making the decisions, we have to realize that we are an important part. Um, and again, they use this as, although we're not defined as a sit, but we, we are, we're the perfect um, vehicle for first world countries that need carbon offsets. And it's just now harnessing that British um, where we facilitate by regulation, legislation, and the governance, yeah. what they can do with their money. Right. And again, that's where that tweak that we were talking about comes in. Right. So my next question would be, how do you think we should be allocating these, these, these investment funds, you know, these environmental investment funds, and are we doing enough for what you're saying? We definitely are. and. I mean, where do you think we should be investing them? And could you also just explain to us what these funds are? I know we had a Blue Ocean Fund that's now maybe called the Commonwealth Fund. So what, what are these funds and where do you think we should be putting them? So, again, I, I always try to be as practical as possible. And, and also, you know, we, we, we look at Kmat, right? And we have this glaring example right outside the front door here, right? Yeah the online landfill. Had, we haven't tackled, even though we have, you know, Project Regen or whatever it is, I, you know, from reading the headlines, I, again, I'm not in government, so I don't know. It's an out, right, you know? It's an out, right. But from what the headlines is that it was stalled, they, they can't reach agreement, etc. But while we're waiting for the parties and the powers that be to, to reach the agreement, we, ha- we haven't done the, the, the small things. Mm-hmm. We haven't started really just bifurcating the waste stream, mm-hmm. um, dealing with the different aspects of that. And those things are small fixes. Right. We haven't done the daily capping of the landfill to right. stop doing the, uh, or, or at least mitigate the fires and stuff right. that break out. And, you know, when, when you're looking at, um, you know, that, let's not just look at the kind of um, health and safety and, other things. Just look at it as, you know, w- what's it do um, to that tourist that that's the first thing they see from a cruise ship or, you know, the first thing that they, they, they do when they're leaving the airport, they, they see this monstrosity and they ask, right? And why not, again, change that story? Why not take some of these funds and, and actually stop using that as a political football to kick down to the next um, administration? And really, then start doing tackling within what what are because that has the knock-on effects. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know that was one of my pet peeves and pet mm-hmm. things when I was in, in politics. When you saw the aerial views and you see the big, um, almost um, fluorescent green um, ring it, 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 that that goes out into the mangroves, and and you know people say, "Oh, but it's it, that's just natural. That's not natural." <laughs> right? And and you know, and, and if you look at the statistics and, and people say again we've, we've done measures in air quality we've done things and then you know we're not at those levels no one can tell me that whatever we're doing there that's not best practice is doesn't have a, a health um, effect on our, our citizens but also down the road an economic effect right because it's going to lead to things that we're going to have to remediate afterwards that are more costly than doing the right thing now and so Again, you know, looking at these funds, we, we have a project that we could do yeah. immediately. We could yeah. say, look, you know, we've, we've got this. We're, we're, we want to cap and mitigate this. We want to 
ensure that you know we put a we money for testing and and then if we find these things that we have that 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 just by itself yeah. is a huge project that we could be taking these funds and doing right and and that has the ability to affect so many people look at the people that live around that area right there's a school next to it well, come on well that, we just the, the big thing that I'm looking at right now is that big construction that's going on we're building an oncology center right next to an unlined landfill right <laughs> well yes. yeah it, it, it blows my mind wow I didn't know Again, how you on one's, one is hybrid saying we're going to go out and fight cancer and we're going to do all these things in this, you know, huge yeah. development, a hundred million dollar, um, you know, facility, but it's sitting on, on right next door, right across the road from an unlined, unmitigated landfill. Like, and again, in a first world country that we, because we, yeah, well, we, we, yeah. we, we tap again, we don't get those um, labels because people consider us as, too affluent on, um, you know, this financial services power, et cetera. Well, if, if we're going to go out to the world and say we're first world of the Caribbean yeah. and the first thing they see is that, then what are we actually really saying? Are we saying that we're actually third world with a first world lipstick? You know, yeah. like it's, it's just that facade and, you know, things like that. Um, you know, the people would jump all over that to assist and, and again, who have to these funds yeah. and what they are. In, in in layman's terms, yeah. right? these are first world countries accepting that they they're um, part of the issue, mm-hmm. right? And putting aside funds to help those people that didn't create the issue, mm-hmm. and but will be on, on the first line right. up up you know the 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 um, the, the, the negative. Uh, sides of the impact in the climate change and, and then you know uh, sea warming and yeah. all these things do yeah and and it, it's them saying you can tap into this because we're going to be start um forcing our um players yeah. to um put in their climate uh change goals to put aside money to the carbon offset to to create that yeah. um the infrastructure in investment infrastructure to be able f- for you to tap into to um, mitigate mm-hmm. your potential loss. And again, people don't think it's the, a placebo. Mm-hmm. It's not this kind of magic bullet, but it's them saying, yeah, me call up. Um, mm-hmm. we, we've done our, our fair share. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here's what we're going to be doing for those lower lying islands that are, are going to be the first start in line. So the, I mean, there's a bit of a rigor there. And again, you have to show them what you're yeah. um, doing. But again, our Commonwealth Parliamentary Association, our association with the former Commonwealth Office, yeah. all these have access, especially in the UK. Um, but you know, there are other ones. There are Canadian at the, the um, yeah. there are you know Macquarie Bank with their green fund. They're looking, um, you know, for people to come and say, hey, you know, we, these are the projects and these are the, the things that we need help with, right? And so, I think again, as a government, as NGOs here, National Trust and others. We should start looking at tabbing into and again if we want to just crib someone's book just go ask me how she's done it no kidding she's she's the queen of it yeah and and you know but you know kind of that that's the layman's um kind of you know perfect point but the money is there there. we just have to create the projects and 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 um buy into the the various um uh investment restrictions um the criteria for accessing that money. And and again, a lot of that goes with sustainability yeah. and governance. Right. We're not gonna give you money so that you can take and do something else with it or you know, and, you know, you look at, you know, they, they really want to avoid corruption and, and other things like that. So you have to have your A game when you go, you have to, you know, I've dotted your I's and crossed your with a good plan, you have to be sound of mind and all that good business. So sure. So in terms of where the finance sector sits and its place in regards to environmental issues and policy, it kind of sounds like that's everything you've been talking about right now. It, it's there to be used if we could plan and find ways to adapt it and, and start there. Right. But again, you know, going back to what I see in, in the industry and I know, um, you know, that there are various um, bodies being formed here now focusing on ESG. So that's 
positive, yeah. right? Yeah. You have um, the accountants, uh, CPUP, and are uh, petitioning the governments and, and doing things about reporting standards and, and you know, getting um, the players here to actually add those components into their annual reporting, mm-hmm. which I think is a, a pretty good step phenomenon. You've got a lawyer's group that's now emerging and looking at how we, we, we tweak our fund documents or legislation, et cetera. So they're presume pro bono there. That's um, led uh, by uh, Joe Hasek uh, from Collis Krill, and she's banned together people. And then um, just uh, in, in general, again, from that um, ESG component, there are actually cottage uh, players that are popping up to do out uh, and, you know, uh, uh, ESG analysis of, of your your D to D operations and 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 businesses here can can subscribe to that and, and sign up and so these are all the kind of baby steps and and I mentioned earlier with island offsets where right now it's a fledgling carbon offset I mean it's a certification but not kind of a verification type aspect so it's evolving but those are great first steps and you see it happening at the same time and it's now. For government to embrace that and and look at that and say look you know again we've just come through the fatf uh green list etc and, and we've you know government's been doing a great job you know rolling up their sleeves to try to get to that standard where we're off the gray list and off this and, yeah. and that but i think that with that type of um uh you know vibrance and 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 you know looking at and going this could affect our financial services so we really need to jump on board and do that we could be doing the same thing on that environmental sustainable um, aspect because we're all, all the other gray lists over here. Absolutely. <laughs> well, they're more red. So we need to get on that list yeah. and, and we need to start uh, doing best practice and really practicing what we preach because at the end of the day, the greatest beneficiaries are going to be ourselves, right? And then the people that are coming after us are kids and their kids because we, we need to stop just wantonly destroy what we have and really starting to preserve it and 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 inviting that first world component through those funds that through their investment vehicles and just through that the, the, a different mindset for our tourism in terms of people coming here for for um environmental tourism rather than just stack them high cruise ships uh, coming in and, and then going up and and really change that focus of you know why kvan why Cayman? Because they're invested in their uh, sustainability and their environment, yeah. and we're seeing these types of um, ecotourism products that weren't here before, and and not just you know the big names, yeah. big brand names. People want an experience, and they want to remember where they were, and for the right reasons, and not for you know seven mile beach now becoming and like so. Like the news of Miami, I know, I know. So that's really perfect. Trying to stop destroying what we have and start preserving it kind of is a perfect way to ask your opinion on the EWA, <laughs> you know, on the new the new big-ass road they're trying to stick in there. And I mean, is it a positive financial venture which will make returns for Cayman? And do you think it's worth to damage the central mangrove wetlands? Yeah, so I, let, me, let, me, let me talk, I guess, holistically if mm-hmm. first. And then come back because I, I, I mentioned that as a practical person. And who? Yeah, you just be practical because there's a lot. There's a lot of aspects. Yeah. With So two things, and 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 going back to the balance, right? The counterbalance, right? So part of I, I don't know if you've ever heard this this kind of um state say, but it's um, Caymanians are land rich at cash poor. Yes. And so, you know, these multi-generations have all this land that usually is in the interior of the island because, again, how we evolved, right? No one wanted beach land because they couldn't plant in it. You went into the interior because you could find shade, you could plant and, and, and feed your families, et cetera. So that's where they own, the, you know, their land. And one of the biggest, I guess, tragedies and, and, and lack of nation building for me, um, and, and again, my personal observation, is that we haven't uh, allowed access to those um, lands. And, and what you find is um, because you don't have road access, because you don't have amenities, a lot of times the Caymanians then are forced to sell big plots of land or pennies on the dollar basically and, and almost give it away, right? And then if someone can come in and afford well a bit, afford to put in infrastructure, that land then becomes exponentially uh, more valuable. 
right? And what we haven't done as a country, as a government, as a successive governments, has been to um, ensure access, but in a sustainable way that allows um, Canadians to achieve that um, wealth appreciation because of their asset, which is that that land that's been multi-generational, right? Um, but it's not bulldozing through, it's not tearing up, it's not, there are other things that we can do that um, uh, affect that both the value and the enjoyment of that. So, you know, looking back at, you know, you asked um, if, if that was a positive um, financial venture. Yeah, uh, the economic economy. Yeah. I think that it can be done in a more sustainable way. I think that, again, going back to that red, yeah. I was about to ask where to put it. Exactly. So we need to look at that, those central um, wetlands, those, that, that center of the island that going out to the east, and then really, in my mind, redefining that. Don't try to recreate Seven Mile Beach um, pulling air. Don't try to just say, oh, well, we can build commercial buildings and mm -hmm. shopping centers and all those things. Because again, all we're doing is trying to replicate the past. Right? We have this incredible opportunity in yeah. under that dummy to really, again, look at sustainable development mm -hmm. and, and also creating cottage industries that don't exist anymore. And, and, and in some instances, maybe going above ground, maybe doing, you know, uh, it, it just like just plowing through. Right. And, 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 uh, and yeah, some of that's more costly, yeah. but again, it ties back. He doesn't. Environmental funds inherently are absurd. And if we come up with something that makes sense to them, that they can see that is well thought out, is, is environmentally sound, is sustainable. The things that we, we and, and so some of these decisions, and, and again, I, because I was in government, I know that there are financial constraints to what you do. And But again, as humans, we normally tend to lean on what we've already done. I, I know we can do this. I know what the cost is. I know it's within my budget. But if you tap into some of these environmental funds, yeah. budget then grows, and then your ability to do certain things yeah. that never grant possible is there. But the other thing that comes with that yeah. is that you're not recreating the wheel. They've, yeah. And other countries have done it yeah. that have tapped into that. So they actually have best case um, examples that we can use. And, exactly. But it begins with that dialogue. And it also begins with us wanting something more than what we have or yes. not just doing the things that we've always done. Because yeah. the one thing with that is change is coming. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. And if we don't embrace it, yeah. we're going to lose a lot of what we've built for so long because we haven't adapted okay. because other people around us. So you think the economic outcome of that would probably be great if we were still trying to think in the old ways, but maybe not. I think that it would, it would create more jobs in construction. Yeah. It would Again, all the old development ways. We think it's exactly, but it won't do anything for those landowners yeah. in general. Yeah. Anything for the sustainability yeah. of that area, yeah. it would, and and we won't be trans uh, um, transitional. We we yeah. we won't be redefining ourselves, moving toward. It'll, it'll still go back to that reactionary because it is the people that can afford that versus the people that we're going to build up. Yeah, that we're going to create new environments and 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 yeah. new uh, cottage industries yeah. so that they can participate fully right. in the economy that right. we build. And and again, it's. Look at all the stakeholders, yeah. not just the ones that are coming in with, with the money. Yeah. Who do we want to be? Yeah. Or wh what do we want to be known as? And how do we begin like to do that? Yeah. Right? Because right. We, we have every component yeah. be that kind of um, shining star yeah. in the region. Plus, we already have the components that other people want. Because we haven't touched on that. Is Cayman, because of its Moody's ratings, because of its um, jurisprudence, because of its kind of... Um, high level already of um, uh, service providers right. and infrastructure. Yeah, is, great infrastructure. Is an investor's dream, exactly. is an environmental fund's dream. Yeah. Um, all, we have all of those and, you know, and again, it, it hurts me to see that, you know, people that they would normally have not looked at because yeah. you have questions about governance, um, jurisprudence, yeah. um, you know, uh, crime, yeah. et cetera. We, we should be the, the, the first party yeah. or first country that all these people come to. And, and yeah. unfortunately, in many instances, we are. 
and then they go somewhere else because they, they, they just don't get the buy-in. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, we're not as hungry as we could be because we're resting on our morals. Right. So I guess the final way to kind of round this off, because this was an incredible amount of information and you're so knowledgeable about this. And I honestly just learned massive ton. My brain hurts. <laughs> um, I guess my last thing to kind of round us off here is what would be your message to Caymanians then and how they can maybe go and learn more about these things? Yeah, I guess my, my, my primary message is we, it's not as far of a leap mm-hmm. as we think it is. Right. That's we all sort of have a lot of things that we could be doing internally yeah. that could check a lot of that criteria. Yeah. We just have to define yeah. for ourselves and for the rest of the world yeah. who we want to be yeah. and really then put that in writing mm-hmm. where it's hard-coded mm-hmm. so it can't be changed by political whim or... or Creed. Exactly, right? And and then that governance component. What, when when we're out there trying to get this money and trying to, to get investors to come in, they have to know that we have this uh, security uh, systems in place to, to police that money and, and put it to what it's supposed to input for. And again, I think, you know, we need to look uh, holistically yes. and at the greater good, right? How do we make this place as enjoyable for everyone here, not just the people that are living in one sector that are yeah. making X amount of money and, and we're building because yeah. we're catering to them and we want them, you know, we want to have the best restaurants and we want to have the best roads and we want to have the best developments for those people. Cayman is everyone that's living here. It is. And, um, you know, when we take that into consideration, I think it becomes quite easy. And things like the, the dump where we can just, focus on that and, and, and really get over small hurdles very quickly will also build momentum because people will see you as uh, policing your own, doing your own thing. And that then encourages money because they're, 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 you know part of that would be if I was looking from it, you can't do your own um, environmental fund with your online landfill, but we, you want us to give you money. So we, we have to be seen to be way and we have to telegraph that we're doing it in a sustainable and yeah. um, environmentally conscious way. So where can people go to learn more about this? Because this, I mean, they have this now to listen to, which is going to be amazingly beneficial to everybody. But where else? How? Because this is the easiest stuff to learn. So no, it isn't. But the, the resources are out there yeah. if you if you make a little bit of effort. Yeah. But again, they're um, you know. People, like I've said, have started doing not ESG and Cayman. There's a cottage industry growing on yeah. it. Uh, but government should be the first source. Safe hearing. You're right. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we have a Department of Environment, yeah. have a Ministry of Sustainability. Yeah. Those are the people that should be educating our children, yeah. uh, the adults, yeah. uh, and providing all this information. And the other bit is we have to convince yeah or internal financial services that, you know, doing something a bit different and tweaking the model yeah. isn't going to destroy the model. Exactly. It's actually going to enhance it yeah. in the long run. And, yeah. and it's that uh, light bulb, yeah. you know, eureka moment that yeah. you need to find and get hand out to have all the players and all the stakeholders on the same page looking forward. Because I think that if we get buy-in, mm-hmm. it's going to be an easier path and a who do we want to be yeah. and what do we want to leave for the next generation? Amazing. That's incredible. I've goosebumps this whole conversation. I've honestly learned so much. Thank you so much for coming in today, Winston. Thank you so much. I know you're a very busy man. <laughs> thank you so much for coming in. And thank you to Divas Broadcasting and Bobo 89.1 and my pal Ryan Kirkaldi at Retrospect Media for capturing all of this. And also a big thank you to Sustainable Cayman for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Sustainable Cayman is a non-profit organization promoting conservation and environmental sustainability to create a flourishing natural environment and healthy communities. And you can follow them on Instagram at SustainableKY and on Facebook at Sustainable.Cayman. Also make sure to check out their Facebook group, Wetlands Thrive, Life Survives, and look out for the very interesting upcoming Junk Jingle competition and other cool-ass events that are going to be on their way. You can also check out the filmed episode where you can see Mr. Winston giving us his all um, over on YouTube, and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Protecting Paradise KY. You can't care unless you know, and the future is everything. So thanks so much for joining us today. And remember, we're always open to your opinion and topic suggestions, so don't be shy. And we'll see you next week. Toodles!